imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty, starving to eat Palms are sweaty, heart starting to beat About to get beheaded cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA by giving us vaccines These elite Satanists are the psychoists They preparing our bodies to accept the microchip Can you imagine walking into a Wells Fargo Not being able to withdraw money because you ain't got a barcode your right hand or your forehead if you don't take the mark of the beast you're gonna fall to the floor dead head cut off bodies squirming our own government acting like nazi germans they want us to live in fear filled with uncertainty one world government under one currency i can categorically say that this is end times this virus is breaking us down just like an enzyme there's pedophiles leaving men and women childrenless these politicians are dummies and the devil's a ventriloquist Stemming from Epstein's Island Gavin Newsom ain't your governor He's a tyrant He took away everything That makes us happy and vibrant And put a mask on us To keep us silent Can you imagine sitting in the park in the heat Stomach empty Starving to eat Palms are sweaty Heart starting to beat About to get beheaded Cause you didn't take the mark of the beast Bill Gates doesn't care about black teens He's trying to alter our DNA By giving us vaccines These elite Satanists Are the psychoists to accept the microchip. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast Show. I am your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, and Army veteran. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host. He's a Christian, devoted husband, and father, and ba- our football coach. What's up, Jason? How's it going? What's bro? up, man? How's it going? How's everything? Uh, yeah, like you said, football coach. I, I, I'm right now. It's it's more of that now. So we just came out and kicked butt last weekend. This weekend, so we're gonna we're gonna. We're teaching our boys how to get to get our stuff together. We they're buying in on the program, so that's what you really want. You want them to buy in and make sure that they're 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 uh, they're coming up strong and being confident in what they're doing. Awesome! And guys, we have a very very special guest for you. Okay, guys, um, uh, Richard Gage. He's uh he's part of the American Institute of Architects. Uh, he's a thirty year. Uh, San Francisco area Bay uh, architect and a member of American Institute of Architects. He is the founder and former CEO of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He now leads the charge for a new World Trade Center investigation at richardgage911.org. Mr. Gage became interested in researching the destruction of the World Trade Center's high rises after the hearing, the startling conclusions of a reluctant 9-11 researcher, David Ray Griffin, on the radio in 2006, which launched his unyielding quest for the truth about 9-11 the organization he founded uh ae 9-11 truth now numbers more than 3,500 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation into the destruction of all three world trade center high-rise buildings i welcome you guys richard gage thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate you coming on to our podcast oh you are so welcome josh and also jason uh, it's my pleasure and my honor and my duty to get the truth out there to everybody about what happened at the World Trade Center on 9-11. 
And you know what? We are very, like I said, our very first podcast was on 9-11. So we've gone over a lot of the conspiracy guys. It was, it was us and dangerous world podcast. We went through all the conspiracy stuff. And, and if you guys want to go back to that and you want to check out the conspiracy theory part, you guys can go back and check that out. But this is a subject matter expert with, I mean, it's like bringing on Gary Wayne to talk about certain issues. This gentleman is definitely subject matter expert on this, on, uh, on nine 11. So, um, without further ado, um, I would like to just have Richard kind of go over, um, you know, go over that, you know, the David Ray Griffin thing, what kind of brought you to nine 11 and what opened up the door for you. Um, I don't know if you have any, uh, are you, are you Christian? Do you, do you follow the Bible? Are you a Christian? Oh I, yeah. Okay. You bet you. Um, so if you could, you know, just kind of go over how you got into 9-11, what got you interested and also, uh, you know, your, your back, I, I kind of went over your background, but if you can kind of go over a little bit of your background and, and show people, you know, um, you know, exactly what's going on with you. Yeah, I, I was shocked, uh, on, uh, well, it was, uh, March 29, 2006. Uh, I had never heard any alternative theory as to how these towers came down. Or that there was a third tower that came down. Most people don't even know. Uh, in fact, most architects and engineers know nothing about the third worst structural failure in modern history. And I was one of those until David Ray Griffin was being interviewed by Bonnie Faulkner in the San Francisco Bay Area on KPFA, her Guns and Butter show, which is uh, still getting put out there. Uh, all of her shows are incredible. Uh, they go into the deep state uh, operations and uh, look way beyond uh, many uh, uh, other uh, investigators. So uh, here's David Ray Griffin, a, a theologian, talking about the explosive testimony being that was provided by Professor Graham McQueen uh, in 2005. The New York Times was forced, well, excuse me, the city was forced to release these oral testimonies of these first responders, 500 of them, over to the uh, New York Times because they had sued him. And all of a sudden, uh, Professor Graham McCreen, who, who read 12,000 pages of testimony, looking to say, well, what do they say in there? Well, turns out that uh, now 156 of these first responders are talking about explosion at the World Trade Center, and most of them before the towers came down. Uh, this is an amazing set of, uh, uh, of of testimonies, and I didn't know anything about it. I swallowed the official narrative hook, line, and sinker from 9-11, uh, watching it on TV, and, you know, I wanted to go into Afghanistan and Iraq and get those bastards who did mm. this to us. I was uh, fully on board. I was doing my patriotic duty uh, to support the troops. And little did I know that we were lied to about the whole thing. I mean, this was a huge shock to me. And it started coming down on, uh, on top of me, listening to the evidence provided by Dr. Uh, David Ray Griffin. So... Uh, what was I learning? Uh, I learned that there was a third tower that came down on 9-11. What are you talking about? I'm saying to him, a third tower? No way. Um, I would know about a, a third skyscraper that collapsed on 9-11. I'm an architect. I'm one of 90,000 members 
of the American Institute of Architects, and we did not get one bulletin on this, the third worst structural failure in modern history after the Twin Towers. So uh, here he was telling me, yeah, it's a 47-story skyscraper. It drops down after witnesses hear explosions. This building, just a, a football field from the North Tower, uh, about seven hours after it came down, this is 5.20 in the afternoon, after witnesses hear explosions, it drops like a rock straight down uniformly, symmetrically into its own footprint in under seven seconds. Now, this is free fall acceleration. This means that not one of the 80 columns in this building gave any resistance to this building's collapse. Sounds planned. Like it was planned. <laughs> well, it looks planned too. Yeah, I mean, when you, you explode, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks exactly like the old controlled demolitions like at the hotels in Las Vegas. Yes, sir. We've all seen them. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, <clears throat> it, it's just smooth, sudden, and, and symmetrical. Actually, an extraordinary job. Um, now, by, you, you, you talked about the explosions uh, downstairs. Didn't somebody actually get injured by one of the explosions? Somebody that was in the elevator, like one of the cleaners or something? I, I, I heard um, that was something that was... was... Um, there, you may be referring to the to the Twin Towers where we have uh, Willie Rodriguez, the janitor, okay. who and who, along with several others, of course, were were quite damaged down in the basements. Mm -hmm. Building seven um, had uh, Barry Jennings, uh, interestingly, walking into the building uh, after the towers had been hit by planes because uh, he was responding to a, an emergency call, and he and uh, Mayor Giuliani's attorney, Michael Hess, were on their way uh, into the building. Uh, actually, they got all the way to the 23rd floor. Um, they took the elevator up there and they were on their way back because they realized then that it had been evacuated. There was no emergency meeting in the in, in the uh, the EOC on the 23rd floor. So they were trying to get out of the building and it wasn't easy because they were being blown around in the building by these explosions in the stairwells. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they were injured. Uh, but most, mostly what we hear from them is, is the trauma and the evidence of explosions in this building that wasn't hit by an airplane. So uh, an extraordinary set of testimonies. So yeah, if they get out, uh, finally, and, uh, sure enough, well, he he said the the whole lobby was destroyed with it, with explosions, and it wasn't that way on the way in. But by the time he got out, there's all these explosions inside a building that uh, you know wasn't a part of the, uh, the the attacks of that day. Theoretically, what's what's the significance of that building? Because I as I really didn't study that at all when I when I first. Oh, I studied like crazy, but well, you did. But can, can, like you said, I, I when I was when I was when it happened during that time oh, when it happened where then? I was at, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what was going on it either. I was just like, okay, I stayed home. They made a stay home from work, and I'm watching this on TV, and I'm like, wow, this is this is insane. But what's the significance of that building? Because I still don't really, you know, understand the significance of that building. So I would I would like to know because I I'm still on the on the 
on the outskirts of that. So please, uh, Richard, could you explain that? Well, yeah, first of all, A, it doesn't matter what the significance of the building is. The building is part of the World Trade Center. The building was uh, was blown up in, in, a, in an implosion, uh, a classic implosion. That means, uh, and we have lots more evidence that we'll talk about that proves that. Um, the what's what's particularly relevant here is that we were lied to about it. NIST is the National Institute of Standards and Technology. They were tasked by Congress to explain the collapses of all three World Trade Center skyscrapers to the American people. There were fires in this building. They were few, small, and scattered by all observable uh, metrics, photos, and videos. And the NIST uh, blames uh, these fires for the collapse of this building. Well, no steel frame, fire-protected high-rise has ever collapsed in history. There's been dozens of much hotter, larger, and longer-lasting fires in these buildings. So what does NIST do with this? Well, they're, they're given uh, uh, several million dollars for this particular building, and they try to form an elaborate proof, uh, if you will, of by computer uh, modeling how this building came down. They have a theory, uh, and it's elaborate, and every one of the steps in this elaborate series uh, is provably fraudulent. And that's what we do in, in uh, uh, all of our work, actually, but particularly in the documentary, 9-11 Explosive Evidence, Experts Speak Out. Now, I think one one part of your question is, why would they blow this particular building up? Yes. We don't know the answer to that question, which is why I'm not excited about speculating on what was special about this building. Okay. Uh, the fact that it had the IRS, the CIA, the uh, Department of, of, of Defense uh, and uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, interestingly, very interestingly, uh, on the 12th and 13th floor, which was where the worst fires were, where they lost thousands of files related to hundreds of cases they were actively pursuing against Wall Street companies like Enron and WorldCom. Oh, wow. So, you know, that might be the most significant coincidence. And the gold. There was yeah, also, probably. There was gold underneath the World Trade Center that also they they said it was. Uh, I don't know if that's a conspiracy theory or not, but they said there was some gold underneath the building. Seven yeah, too, underneath building disappeared, six. Right. Oh, building yeah, six. Bu OK. Building I'm seven sorry. did not have a basement. OK. It was built over an ex existing electrical substation, interestingly. Uh, but. That was not part of the the collapse scenario either. And then Building Six, uh, you you mentioned Building Six, so, well, let's stick with Building Seven. Maybe I should. Well, I'll let you finish on that first before we move on to other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Building Seven. Uh, interestingly, you have these mysterious construction workers walking away from the building in the afternoon of nine eleven hearing an explosion over their shoulder, looking back at the building and then looking straight into the CNN camera and saying this, you hear that? That building's coming down. 
flame and debris coming down. The building's going to blow up. So mm. here we have what's called foreknowledge of the building's collapse. If you're going to bring down a building, people know about it in advance. In fact, they were telling all the firefighters, don't go in there and fight the fire. In fact, they were met with armed guards preventing them from doing that. Captain Richard Patterson of the New York uh, Fire Department is a direct witness, he and his chief, of these paramilitary people, uh, keeping him from even going in the building to evaluate uh, the fires in it that were and visible on the, the outside. Re the reporter also was said uh, Building 7 has collapsed like a half an hour before it happened as well, right? The English, English reporter for BBC? Yeah, the yeah. BBC announced the collapse of this building uh, 20 minutes before it even happened. Uh, it was actually behind her when she said it, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's standing behind her. Still standing. Then, so this is sure so enough. Uh, well, does this make them? They apologize for this grievous error, citing the confusing events of the day. <laughs> I mean, what are they psychic or or what? What's mm -hmm. really going on here? You know, they they just had it. They had it mixed up. Uh, they 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 got the word out there too early in some cases. In fact, it happened at CNN. As well, they announced the collapse of a 50-story building at 1040, at 11.15. And uh, they said uh, the firefighter came by and told them a 50-story building went down. Well, there was no 50-story building that went down. There was no other building that went down uh, in the morning. Uh, there was some damaged buildings, but not 50-story uh, buildings, not 47-story buildings like Building 7 was. So had the building come down at that time, we would have probably not have any videos of it because it would have been uh, completely obscured by the massive dust cloud yeah. uh, released from the pulverized concrete uh, of the destruction of the Twin Towers, which we'll be getting to. So uh, some people theorize that the building was supposed to come down at that time uh, it, with controlled demolition. And it didn't. Uh, and therefore, they had to go in and fix the dud in the afternoon. And those mysterious construction workers uh, were, that's what they were talking about, you know, knowing the mm -hmm. building's about to blow up yeah. when it has a few small scattered fires, when fires have never brought a, a steel frame fire protected structure down ever. So we, we look uh, at the evidence that's available in, in from the thermal imaging uh, uh, flights uh, above Manhattan, but uh, from these planes from NASA, they document surface temperatures. Uh, actually, surface temperatures are uh, days later, uh, measuring 1400 degrees in particular at Building 7, but also at the Twin Towers. Well, Wait a minute. 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit is about the hottest office fires you can get um, uh, in a naturally occurring situation. So, but there's no office fires on the surface of this pile. So what are they measuring? They're measuring something much hotter, way deeper down in the pile that's cooling off to about 1400 degrees by the time it reaches the surface. Yeah. Well, what could that be? Well, the first responders are talking about molten steel flowing down the channel rails like lava from a volcano. The buckets of the crab claw excavators are picking up uh, 
debris that's dripping with molten metal wow. out of it. Uh, and we have pools of molten iron, a river of molten steel, says Leslie Robertson. He saw with his own eyes. He's the structural engineer of the World Trade Center. So you have all of this evidence of extreme heat. Uh, Didn't and, the fires uh, last all the way till December? That's what that's what I, I heard some reports that th those fires. Yeah, December nineteenth. Yeah, is that normal? The, is that huh? normal for? Is that normal for like let's say let's say I don't know. Well, no building has ever gone down, so I guess we have no <laughs> hasn't gone down because of a plane hitting it. But yeah, um, right. is it normal for like let's say like if a building did collapse, let's say for I don't you know from office fires or whatever, um, if. Is never has normal? like that though. I know, but there's had to be there has to be like a building that's gone down at least somehow. I know not not from fires, but has is it normal for that that to go for that long? I thought that was like extremely odd that it, it lasted all the way till December. It had to be uh, some kind of like you said some something else there, you know, which and which we're gonna, gonna get into. Yeah, we're we're gonna get right into that right now. In fact, because the uh, on the, the the through every. Every dust sample collected and analyzed by the U.S. Geological Survey, who did a whole particle atlas in 2006, documenting the contents of all of this toxic dust, well, 30% of it is concrete. Well, that's fascinating. We'll come back to that. But also, there's this huge number, billions, of previously molten iron microspheres about the diameter of a human hair, four tons of them all together by extrapolation. Mm. They don't know where they came from. They document them very carefully. Molten iron. Now, we haven't used iron in our skyscrapers for 100 years. Where is molten iron coming from? Where is, how does it get to be spherical? Uh, well, uh, we, we'll come, well, we'll talk about it now. <laughs> thermite is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. Mm -hmm. It issues what? Molten iron, iron yeah. at 4,000 degree temperatures. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it also, uh, it, you they add sulfur to thermite to become thermate, much more effective at cutting through steel. So they find lots of sulfur in fact, FEMA documents hot sulfur corrosion attack on the steel. This is in 2002 in their Building Performance Assessment Team report. A metallurgical examination included as Appendix C, which shows the two samples of steel that they had because they destroyed all the rest starting just two weeks after 9-11. 400 right? truckloads a day carting the steel away. And... But they managed to save a few pieces, and these two pieces made it to, Can't, to uh, Professor Sassoon and Jonathan from, Barnett. Jonathan Barnett says the ends of the beams were partly evaporated in extraordinarily high temperatures. That takes four thousand degrees. What were you going to say? Were were the the steel that he got? Do you know if that's from Building Seven or from actually the World Trade Center towers? Was was both? That, was, both. He okay. Had one piece from each. Uh, very okay. well documented. Okay. The so that's from World that's Trade what we Center. Need. Because if yeah. we we saw that Building Seven, obviously, I mean, 
if you don't think that thing free falled and, and, and I mean, that's just an obvious one. I think obviously the, the world trade center towers did too, but if I'm glad that he had all three. So, you know, that, uh, you know, that thermite was well, sulfur, but, but also sulfur stinks really bad. So was there like anybody saying oh, that yeah. it smelled like sulfur? Like, yeah. In John, the John feel an iron worker said the smell of sulfur. I could hardly get it out of my, my. Yeah. Cause that's hard. Cause I, uh, I'm allergic to it and it's, it, when I smell it, it's, it hits me hard and I, and it makes me cough and it's, it's, it's bad. And I, and yeah. I, I can understand what they're probably saying. Well, I, and, I and that's it. just the beginning of the problems for people who were breathing that stuff in, uh, sulfur, uh, they had carbon nanotubes in their lungs. Wow. Of course the asbestos, there was uh, several tons of that, but anyway, back to this report, because the, the ends of this steel beam, partly evaporated 4,000 degree temperatures to evaporate steel. We're now talking about thermite and only thermite that can do this. Uh, concrete had, had uh, melted. I didn't even know concrete could melt. It, no. it takes 3,200 degrees Fahrenheit to melt concrete. And yet in the police museum downtown, uh, you have th this exhibit uh, of melted concrete, which flowed around everything in its path, the, the exhibit says, including a handgun from uh, Building 6. Uh, so, yes, we have this phenomena at Building 6 as well, very interestingly. Uh, so, but you have silver dollar size holes in, in, in this hot sulfur corrosion attack on the steel. Well, NIST is asked in their very frequently asked questions, where did the sulfur come from? Well, they just throw out something so stupid they they say well gypsum board has sulfur in it no <laughs> gypsum board has calcium sulfate it doesn't turn around and attack the steel that for a hundred years it's been designed to protect and does a very good it's job it's not going to do the opposite also. right um yeah. and you know um so was the 911 commission the one that hired nist was was that the people that hired no, them? congress no? congress hired nist okay because I know Hen Henry Kissinger was was uh, I, th I think he was uh, in charge of putting together the 9/11 Commission, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he was he and was slated to do that, but the family members uh, put up uh, quite a fuss about that because he is a genuine cover-up artist from uh, decades back. Yeah, well, that's, so that that's good that fly. they knew. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard rumors of him being part of that, and and I'm sure if you dig into uh, one thing that you do on a conspiracy uh, is you dig into each individual. And I'm sure if you dug, dug into each individual that are on the 9-11 commission, I'm sure you could find some sort of, I, I'm not hundred percent guys, some sort of secret society they're involved with or some type of Freemasonry or some type of, usually that happens. Like for example, like the JFK uh, when, when they put together that there six out of seven of them were all Freemasons. And so was Lyndon Johnson. And so was, so they're all together on it. Right. So it's just, I'm sure if we dug into it, I have I have some notes on that, but I'd rather you keep keep going with the with the building parts. I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't want to get too crazy, you know. But well, and 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 I I always learn a lot when uh, when those topics come up because uh, I I look for the deeper mysteries involved in in the manipulation of of uh, millions and millions a billion people at least around the world uh, by these false flag operations, which are set up 
to uh, put us in a climate of fear and manipulate us emotionally, in this case, obviously, to support uh, the invasion of two countries, Afghanistan and Iraq, in which over a million people have perished already, imposing a $6.5 trillion global war on terror, uh, a, a global war of terror, actually, uh, on the, the world um, to enact the the goals of the Project for a New American Century, which were put uh, on the website uh, of PNAC a year before they came into power. These This neocon think tank were these individuals who put this website together uh, were brought brought in with the Bush administration. And their goal was to uh, a vast increase in the military budget, uh, Pentagon budget, and a, va and a regional hegemony in the Middle East. But they said, absent a catalyzing and catastrophic event, like a new Pearl Harbor, yep. these goals will likely take a long, long time. And so you got Bush writing in his diary the next morning, today we had our new Pearl Harbor, mm -hmm. or the morning after, I guess it was. But anyway, uh, I digressed because, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. these well, things are set up years and decades in advance. Even the, um, I think the president, I mean, for example, I believe the presidents are all chosen as well years in advance and they, they make sure they line them up and they're groomed and brought up to be in those positions. And I, I, I definitely believe it. I believe it is a selection, you know, and not an election. That's why you, it's just crazy. But anyways, let's, yeah. uh, let's continue. I don't, but I do, I do uh, have better luck um, sticking with the uh, forensic evidence and eyewitness testimony, because that's, what's going to, uh, convince those whom we need to convince that aren't haven't been willing or able to see the evidence yet part of that evidence is the evidence of unignited thermite we talked about evidence of ignited thermite in the extreme temperatures and the usgs finding uh, molten iron microspheres uh four tons of them previously molten iron well by the way how do you get molten iron microspheres i mean what does that mean uh thermite it uh we talked about it this incendiary works by means of heat produces uh, molten iron at 4000 degree temperatures under explosive conditions that is liquid that would aerosolized aerosolized liquid forms itself into spheres by surface tension so uh that's like you know raindrops uh, they're they're spherical so uh, out of a spray bottle, you get spheres. So that that's and then they cool and they fall with oh. all of the all of the dust. Now, there are cars whose roofs are toasted all around the World Trade Center. And so what could in this very high heat event, what could account for that um, liquid falling molten iron microspheres in, 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 in an extremely hot coming out of an extremely hot uh a hellish environment like the destruction zone of the twin towers, which are so hot there it's, it's causing beams to just uh, melt in half, not melt in half, but uh, fold in half, like, like uh, noodles yeah. uh, that uh, there's so much evidence of that. It's in the world trade center museum itself. 
But the evidence of unignited thermite is found by a team of eight international scientists led by Niels Herrett in Copenhagen. And what do they uh, discover in the seven independently collected samples sent to them? Uh, they find these curious red-gray chips, red on one side, gray on the other. The largest of them is about a sixteenth of an inch long. They're fluid applied, very apparently because of the dual layer there. They thought they were paint. They look like paint. They look like primer paint, as a matter of fact. Before, yeah. But they're attracted by a magnet. So in the baggie, the magnet is is so it obviously has a a high iron content. They get real curious. They do X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy. What does that reveal? the ingredients of thermite in the red layer, which is um, iron oxide and aluminum powder. That's the two ingredients of thermite. So man, they get real curious. What's thermite doing in the paint in the World Trade Center dust? You know, every sample they collected had this stuff. So they zoom in 50,000 times. And what do they find? Nano size particles of iron oxide and aluminum powder set in uh this is particles a, a thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair mm -hmm. this is very sophisticated stuff it's set in a matrix of oxygen silica carbon organic material which is used in tnt to expand and knock things over that's the explosive force that's where that comes from. So, man, they're, they're, they get uh, even more curious. They ignite one of these chips. And what do they produce uh, when they ignite them? They ignite them in a heater, a differential scanning calorimeter, which shows that this is indeed active thermitic materials. Wow. They, they produce molten iron microspheres <laughs> with the same chemical signature as the molten iron microspheres found in all the World Trade Center dust by the USGS and documented so well. In fact, R.J. Lee finds them also an environmental consulting firm. So you see, we know where these molten iron microspheres came from. They came from these red-gray chips. Uh, as if we didn't know, they're found attached to partially ignited red-gray chips in all the in, in the many of the dust samples. So, so you see, this is a, a self-corroborating set of repeatable experimental data that could be used in a court of law to put away the perpetrators for the crimes of mass murder and treason in the crime of the century. Yeah. So how how is thermite able to be like, like, does it need to be like in blocks? Does it need to be, can it be like painted on the outside? Can it be put in through, how, how would you set, um, how would you set those, you know, or, how do you think it would be set? Like what, let's say like the, let's say the people are cleaning the windows on the outside of the world trade center. Are they able to like paint the thermite on where would it, where do you think the thermite was located? Was it on the inside of the building, the outside of the building? Uh, what do you think? I on the most structural parts, right? So, yeah. You got to get the, um, the incendiary uh, on the steel and you got to get it there with shaped cutter charges uh, in, in, in the, well, with, there, there is examples of using thermite to bring down buildings. Uh, they are few and far between. It's very expensive. What they use is a shaped cutter charge. You can make this in your own backyard. 
you have to hold the material against the steel so it will cut through it. You can't just pile it around a beam or something or uh, uh, or paint it on a, these thick steel beams. So um, we have, in fact, evidence at the site of 45 degree cuts uh, on the steel beams, lots of them. And this is what they do in controlled demolitions uh, because if you just if if you have a beam that that that's sitting on top of each other and you cut it, well, it, it doesn't go anywhere. But if if they're at a, I can't do it. Yeah, forty five. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like cutting a tree. You put a kicker charge yeah. on it and it kicks it right off quite easily. Because you said thermite was in on every a tree. Single, yeah, you said thermite was in every single sample, so it had to it had to have exploded and just got on everything you said nano all the way down to the nano size so there must have been a ton of thermite right i mean they'd have well, to four tons you're saying it, right? four tons of this little stuff well well they have four tons of unignited yeah, thermite as well as yeah. four tons of the residue of ignited thermite by extrapolation you know plus or minus a ton or whatever but wow. the, the point is that the, the dust is full of both um in, in, all the dust in fact, the EPA called these molten iron microspheres a signature component of World Trade Center dust. It's not even World Trade Center dust unless it has uh, the, these uh, molten, previously molten iron microspheres, uh, which they have no clue where they even came from. They don't even speculate, you know. But the only possible uh, source is is thermite, which issues molten iron under explosive conditions again. Uh, creating these spheres. So whoever breathed this stuff in, they'll probably maybe years from now have some kind of cancer or some kind of weird mesothelium type of thing going on right now, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm wow. saying. So they, well, they breathe all that stuff in and that's, that's, that's what causes, see like that's what the main cause of that type of cancer is, is if you are exposed to that type of stuff. And, and it could be because uh, Niels Herrett gave a lecture in 2010 documenting this study of this particular doctor who did a peer-reviewed paper which showed that there are carbon nanotubes in the lungs of uh, the four uh, subjects that they studied. Now, carbon nanotubes are issued as a, as a result of nanothermite. Uh, so he doesn't know of any other source that that could have been from. Wow. So that's evidence uh, right there Uh uh, he believes of, of thermite. Uh, is, not ther the... is thermite like normally used when they do demolition or is thermite military used? So like, you know, if you do a normal demolition, let's say like of a Vegas building, do they need thermite to make it do that? You know, or no. is that more, that's no, like they... advanced, right? That's if you're using well, thermite, that's mm -hmm. like an advanced military type of weapon. Thermite, thermite is used, uh, you know, to weld railroad ties going back before the turn of the century. It's not an advanced uh, okay. material. Its development into nanothermite became very advanced by Los Alamos lab prior to 2001. There's peer reviewed papers that document uh, exactly what it does, including producing molten iron microspheres. Hmm. Um, and, and 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 uh, igniting at 420 degrees Celsius, 750 uh, uh, Fahrenheit, which is what the seven samples or four of the seven samples 
and it could have been all seven, but they ended up documenting four. Uh, uh, they did the same, the very same thing. But let's let's separate these. You have thermite and you have nanothermite. Thermite is an older form of 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 incendiary that um, is used to destroy steel. They use it to destroy tanks and and deform the barrels and so forth. And it melts steel. It's really quite effective. Um, nanothermite is the dual layered red gray chips. And uh, there, we only have theories as to how that was used, but it could have been sprayed onto the underside of the slabs, for instance, uh, the metal decking. And, and because apparently this is a form of thermite that's been because of its nanoscale, its surface area of these part particles increases exponentially, engineering and incendiary to become more explosive. So it could have the explosive properties, I don't know, uh, uh, capable of pulverizing the concrete because 90,000 tons of concrete was pulverized to a fine powder uh, on 9-11 in midair. And by the way, this powder uh, was released uh, across, uh, distributed across lower Manhattan in a three square mile area from river to river. So here is uh, probably half the weight of the building, four inch thick and eight inch thick slabs of concrete, 110 of them, 40 uh, an acre uh, in size, each of them. Uh, so 45,000 square feet. So pulverized in midair, you can see this like right right away uh, as these explosions are going off. So is that weight available to crush the rest of the building? No, it's not. Clearly it's not. It's a three-inch thick blanket over all of lower Manhattan. It's not there. And guess what? The steel isn't either because what we see, uh, well, first of all, the first responders, over 156 of them, Per Professor Graham McQueen, are witnesses of explosions. Again, be, many of them before the towers ever come down, uh, but also uh, during the, uh, ex they're seeing explosions from different floors. They're seeing flashes of light from different floors, uh, and then they see, and, and we have plenty of evidence of four and eight-ton structural steel sections ejected laterally out of the side of the towers, landing 600 feet in every direction. And physicists have clocked the speeds at 80 miles an hour laterally, wow. 600 feet. Now this is most of all the steel in the building well outside the footprint of the building, which means what? It wasn't either available to crush the building, either of the buildings. So that's, if if the steel and the concrete's not available, that's most of the weight of the building. What's left to crush the building? There's not much left. And yet you have this wizard structural engineer and mathematician, Zdenek Bazant from Chicago Northwestern University, doing calculations feverishly in his den, starting in the day of 9-11, submitting this peer-reviewed paper to the to the uh, American Society of Civil Engineers Journal of Protective Structures. And it becomes the theoretical basis for NIST's, in, in, 
initiation of failure theory in and it remains so today and he submits it just two days after 9-11 the rest of us are in shock trying to figure out when the next attack is coming and this guy's uh, in his basement uh cranking out these i mean this is clearly a work of of wizardry uh it's so uh, obfuscated that engineers took 10 years to decode it finally when they did they found out that he exaggerated the the mass up above the point of jet plane impacts three times or two times and, and the decreased the strength below three times. Uh, so it's totally rigged uh, in favor of a collapse. Mm. Uh, so this is fraud that is being challenged also uh, in, in the, uh, in the journal by uh, Tony Zambodi, Gregory Zudolinsky and Richard Johns. Do you think there's a possibility that, uh, because Larry Silverstein, you know, he he did pull out that uh, insurance, you know, six months before. Do you think there's a possibility that whoever was in well, on Well, let's, let's clarify that part first. It was sure. six weeks only before 9-11 that Larry Silverstein assumed control of the entire World Trade Center. He built Building 7 in, the, in 86. Uh, but then he puts massive terrorist insurance that's never been on these buildings ever before. Uh, and in buildings that were, were required to be abated, the asbestos, by the way, a, a federal law required it. The Port Authority couldn't afford it because the buildings were only half full. And the and so uh, here's Silverstein paying uh, 125 million of his own money, leverage that to 3.2 billion to purchase the rest of the towers. And, uh, and yet it would have cost him another 5 billion just to abate the asbestos. This deal made no sense whatsoever unless he knew that his free asbestos abatement project would be unfolding on the morning oh. of 9-11. Wow. And, and like I said, I, I, do you believe that he was like, "Hey, you can hit it with you can hit it with the planes, but I need them I need them to come all the way down. I need to make sure." Do you, I mean I don't know? Like, do you think that? Well, I mean, all the planes did was, all the planes did was break a few columns. Yeah, that's even what I NIST mean. acknowledges but, that ninety percent of the jet fuel burned up outside the building. <laughs> jet fuel, by the way, is just kerosene, so it doesn't burn any hotter than desks or chairs. Yeah, uh, but the rest was gone in ten minutes. It just simply started the fires. Yeah. So they weren't going to be bringing these buildings down. No, not the planes. No but I, I think that, do you believe that he, he basically said, Hey, it's, it, you guys could go ahead and crash the planes into it, but we need to take the buildings all the way down. I need to get paid for this. Or it was probably all <laughs> set up before. Right. I would think. And it had oh, to it have been all months planned to, out. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're talking months and, 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 and dozens and dozens of operatives in these buildings. It would be easier if the buildings were only half, uh, occupied which they were mm -hmm. and they were moving tenants around yeah and they had fireproofing upgrades interestingly and perhaps coincidentally the five floors below and the five floors above where the jet planes hit were uh, subject to fireproofing upgrades the year before 9 11. Mm. so this is uh done work that's been exposed by kevin ryan and the author of another 19 suspects, by the way, mm. uh, <laughs> which is a great, uh, great gives us read. great insight into some of the others 
who might really have been engaged in bringing down the towers. Mm, that's interesting. I, I had a question, but I just it just I lost my train of thought. But um, wow. So, at, so why why do the, the if they're doing that, then why even do the 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 Pentagon? Why 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 do that at the same time? If you're if you're, it's kind of weird to me that they, they they well that's what they said happened, but I wasn't there either. But this is just a all of it was just weird to me. I'm like, man, this is after I, I saw everything come together. I was like, this isn't right. Like I didn't have, it didn't take a, a scientist to start. Like it didn't take a, like a genius after like two weeks, three weeks. But you're like, this isn't right. This is none of this is right. What's going on right now? Why is this? And then I started hearing way. I started watching these videos, getting deep into. It. I was like, man. Well, man, it was the attack on the Pentagon that made this an act of war. Yeah, this is extremely important because all of a sudden the laws of preservation of evidence. Uh, aren't applicable so they can destroy the evidence with impunity uh, because uh, this is an act of war, not a crime. Uh, so uh, the, the illegal destruction of evidence doesn't apply. Also, uh, the, the, the attack on the Pentagon invoked Article 5 uh, of the NATO alliance, which required those members of the NATO alliance to defend the United States by attacking Afghanistan and wow. Iraq. Yeah. So uh, all that was, must've been part of uh, the plan. Yeah. And then was that the, and then also the uh, Donald's Runfield was talking about the, the uh, two point, was it the 2.3 trillion that this is the day before nine 11, the day before. And then, he, and then that's and, where, is that where the accounting offices were that were like all the, well, let's talk about there, that. Right? Uh, so yeah. Dove, Dove Zakheim, the comptroller of the Pentagon is behind Donald Rumsfeld, feeding him the numbers uh, on, on September 10th. Uh, we can't account for $2.3 trillion. We're having a war on, on waste. <laughs> so um, uh, interestingly, he did that. I don't know why, just to put it in our face, I guess. But the next day, of course, when the, uh, the people... Uh, agencies and, and governmental uh, military uh, uh, officers who were uh, tasked with finding that $2.3 trillion were, in fact, the ones attacked uh, when whatever hit or destroyed the Pentagon uh, happened uh, on the morning of 9-11. And by the way, that was an hour after both towers were hit. You've got this plane flying around completely unmolested. But obviously the whole country was, well, the country was under attack and the whole of the military uh, should have been responding, but they had 40 drills on that day, which sent uh, fire, fi half the fire fighter jets north to Alaska and, and Canada, get them out of the way, presumably. They weren't available to protect the vulnerable yeah. corridor there. Coincidence. No, <laughs> Plenty of them. By the way, half of these uh, drills were uh, on the day of 9-11 and putting false radar blips uh, targets on the NORAD screens uh, by uh, confusing the, the techs. Uh, and, and I don't know, is this real world or they're saying to themselves and, and it's recorded or, or is this the drill? And then they say, somebody turn off these sims, simulations. 
uh, you know, they're just getting really upset because they can't tell what's going on. They can't effectively uh, address a, a real attack on the country. Which, yeah. And, and that's, and yeah, that was, I had, we did a whole, a whole deep dive on that, on the, on the, on the conspiracy show. It was, it's just crazy. So, um, so, um, I don't know if you if you're ready to kind of get into the the actual World Trade Center. You know, we got into we did Building Seven, uh, the the World Trade Centers. I mean, is there any possibility that that could have collapsed because of the plane or or anything? Or do you just are you 100? I'm I'm 100 convinced I'm, that it was obviously a, a, a demolition. But is there any possibility that that it could have happened the way they said it happened? Or do you are you just like there's no no way 100 as as a professional architect and engineer, you know, um, what do you think? Uh, there, there's two different questions there, at least. One is, if the buildings weren't blown up, could they have collapsed? Uh, my professional opinion is no. Uh, and uh, uh, it's it's very clear that, uh, you know, even if there could have been an initiation of collapse, that that portion above the point of jet plane impacts uh, could not have driven the rest of the building down to the ground and then destroyed itself. That's the whole theory that Zdenek Bazant came up with from Chicago Northwestern University. That uh, That's like running a Volkswagen into a Mack truck and saying the Volkswagen destroys the Mack truck. The, <laughs> yeah, the, this is a virtual pyramid. The, 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 you have the lightest steel up the top. And, and then the heavier, cold, hard, intact steel as you go down. So even if there was the initiation of a collapse, it clearly would have come to a rest. Uh, but more importantly, we have the evidence of uh, explosives, as we've been discussing, and incendiaries that have to be accounted for. Uh, one of the evidence uh, is these squibs or isolated explosive ejections occurring 20, 40, 60 uh, stories down below this zone of destruction. There's no accounting at all in the official narrative about how how these are blowing out solid uh, structural steel members uh, out of out of the sides of the twin towers uh, at 150 to 200 feet per second uh, bursts. This is not air pressure from some top section pushing air down the elevator hoistways, for instance. So, yeah, no, the, we've been lied to six ways from Sunday, and we have um, two dozen bodies <laughs> of proof about it. And by the way, that proof is on our website, richardgage911.org, in the form particularly of a documentary I made, 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out, where you can actually see the photographs, the videos, hear the testimonies of the witnesses, it's a whole lot more compelling this graphic um, evidence. Um, you guys have architects and engineers. Do you have any demolition experts that uh, that agree with, with with what you guys have uh, came oh, up with? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. They appear in the film as well. One of them, in fact, is is um, uh, Tom, and he is an explosives loader. He actually worked for Controlled Demolition Inc. Uh, for three years, putting explosives in. Uh, he describes Building 7, where the top part, the the, uh, the penthouse, uh, uh, after the east penthouse comes down in Building 7, there's a there's the screen wall in the, in the west penthouse. 
which falls just a half a second prior to the overall building coming down, indicating that all 20 columns beneath that section uh, of, of the roof structures uh, has been taken out all at once, again, completely betraying the NIST report that um, says that this instability traveled from east to west. Uh, which is a complete lie, a fabrication, and is betrayed by all the videos. So we've got them six ways from Sunday, but you know we don't have the platform that they have. We need we've we've uh, on many occasions, dozens of occasions, given uh, hundreds and hundreds of press releases to mainstream media regarding our various events and press conferences and so forth. Uh, we've given uh, the the list of petition signers, uh, again, 30,000 years of technical credibility assembled there. Uh, we've given that to, the, to uh, there are, and our documentaries at different times to all 535 members of Congress. We've done what we can do. And so I've kind of resigned myself to speaking to the American people through uh uh, forums such as you've courageously provided here to get the truth out to as many people as possible. I've done 700 interviews now, so I'm getting everywhere better man, at it, which is amazing. Nice. I, I love it, man. So um, as far as the planes, this is what I, everybody always asks me. And, and I'm kind of like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, what do you think they did with the passengers of the planes? Or do you think that they were in the planes and then exploded? Or do you believe that they're, um, or do you believe that the planes were um, drones? What, what, what is your opinion on that? I know that you, well, you don't like to speculate, there's, but there's belief, there's speculation. And then there's research by others in this category. And the research by others, uh, I believe, I, I believe it because I haven't researched it myself, uh, mm -hmm. that the, 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 the planes were substituted. Uh, that's what most in the 9-11 truth movement have come to consensus about, and that we have uh, military drones that are capable of hitting a 200-foot wide target at 500 miles an hour and doing the types of... Uh, last minute adjustments uh like uh, the airplane wings doing that yeah um so uh that that's disputed uh by some in the 911 truth movement um but uh as far as the people uh, i i haven't seen any evidence of 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 what happens to them yeah that's a tough one to answer what about starting your own alternative media you ever thought about that? Like maybe getting, I always thought about maybe starting your own, like, like, like a, not like a, like a YouTube or something like that, but something like that, maybe the two that only promotes to, to research and really good research instead of the, these nowadays where they just, you seem like the every, everybody that's doing the research, it just does it to like mediocrity and just stays there and just make your money. And who cares about actually giving out the truth? Maybe some people should start an alternate form of media that could actually compete with the big media that's out there right now. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, I'm doing that. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Gail, uh, very courageous assistant. Uh, we are on podcast uh, every, um, well, twice a week. And right now we're making a film, so we had to back off a little bit. 
but uh, we will continue again um, in November. In fact, uh, we're we are in, we're interviewing Stephen Jones together uh, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, and uh, he is a, a pioneer in the 9/11 Truth Movement. He developed uh, several peer-reviewed papers that document uh, extreme temperatures in the World Trade Center dust beyond uh, even the the molten iron microspheres, which he studied as well. But molten uh, melted aluminum, melted molybdenum, and that uh, takes uh, five thousand degrees to melt. Evaporated uh, lead, he documents from the work of others, the U.S. Geological Survey, led the evaporation and, and, and I guess it con later condensation of lead onto insulative materials. Uh, that That's, um, again, thousands of degrees. So he, he's done lots of work like this in addition to giving presentations himself on all the aspects of the destructive, ex explosive destruction of, of the towers. Anyway, we'll have him on Tuesday night. He's been gone a long time, and Gail and I are looking forward to uh, to uh, bringing bringing him on. She she uh, collects the questions in in the background and brings them to our guests uh, <laughs> later. So yeah, we're we're doing that now that I'm free from the constraints of the organization that I founded 15 years ago, 17 years ago, architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. So uh, I'm, we're, you know, we're working independently now and they are do, continuing to do what they do best. And that is uh, 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 the, attract the academic professionals uh, with the credibility of 3,500 architects and engineers that I had collected over uh, the last 17 years. And what I'm doing is branching off into exposing the lies of the uh, the COVID um, uh, narrative that's been foisted on us over the last two years and the false solution to that problem. But I mm. think we're streaming on yes. YouTube, so we don't want to go through much. <laughs> as soon as, my, Sorry, my always you looks do. at me as soon as someone starts talking about that. I always get, I just cringe like, Dude. No, I don't care. I, no, I don't no, say no, what no, I no. want. It's okay. I don't, don't say what don't you get, want. No, no, I've no, already no. got strike for, for that. So I just. I know. I, okay. I lost three YouTube channels uh, for for a similar reason, plus hate speech. Yeah. yeah Did you know yeah, I do hate speech? It's like, man, I, everything you've said sounds 150% well researched, well documented well just very well presented and i'm i'm sitting here and it's like man I, i'm i didn't even know half this stuff and i'm like this is amazing yeah this is well, this it's, stuff it's a lot so who do you think were the masterminds of this operation who who do you believe was like this the, the ones that just i mean as you go out as you go into who you think they are i i have a fo follow the money uh notes that i could kind of go into after you you present this who, who do you believe well um I I don't repeat names that I hear because uh, it gives to those uh, on a silver platter the ammunition to use against us, uh, saying that we have a, a, a political agenda. Uh, there are people, like I've mentioned, Kevin Ryan is one of them, who, who actually wrote a book, Another 19 Suspects. So I encourage people to, to look there for uh, the evidence of uh, an inside operation, you know, those who truly 
stood to benefit. And speaking of uh, follow the money, you have James Corbett who's doing a great job uh, exposing those who benefited in his documentary, 9-11 Trillions, Follow the Money. And, and he does a great job looking at the bond. Uh, uh, there, there were billions of dollars in bonds that were due on, on September 12th. And that money was used. It was debt. And it was used to bring down the Soviet Union. So he documents that. And, and that didn't have to be paid back because of the the heist. Uh, mm. And there was a gold heist as well in the basements of the World Trade Center. Um, six, under six, the which was the Treasury Department. So, yeah, there's, there's huge, huge problems uh, that have yet to be addressed by the mainstream media at all, at any level. They're completely complicit in, in this in, 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 by censoring uh, the truth. Uh, wherever it, it seems to appear, they, they just won't cover it whatsoever. Yeah. A lot of holes in this story. They just read, they just read <laughs> off a teleprompter and that's it. So, um, yeah. yeah, guys, so we have, uh, you know, Halliburton. That's, you know, Dick Cheney was the VP of Halliburton, you know. So when I was overseas, I saw, you know, I was getting paid, you know, as a, as a, as a specialist, maybe, you know, $50,000 tax free to fuel helicopters and Halliburton and their employees are getting paid 140 to, you know, 200,000 tax free over there, you know. So uh, Dick Cheney was the vice president of Halliburton. Uh, he was, he was on the board of directors there. Uh, Afghanistan, when I was actually, deployed one of my higher ups that uh that, that retired from the air force um he uh not my higher ups i'm sorry one of my old boss he sent me this this article like hey this is what they're doing and you know there's lithium in afghanistan which is you know with the cell phones and all the batteries you know we're gonna need that um the the taliban was also uh shutting down all the opium right uh so the pharmaceutical companies we're like, hey, uh, we need we need this. We need this, you know, so that's another reason probably for them to go into Afghanistan. I heard about the the, the, the lithium. That's a trillion dollars worth of lithium, I believe. Um, uh, the, as we know, the CIA uh, transports a lot of I, I mean, we've done a, a podcast on it already. The CIA kind of transported a lot of drugs. So um, I know that uh, Donald's Rumfield was actually involved in the pharmaceutical industry. I guess he was like uh, uh uh, I don't know what it was the the, the drug that he was fighting for, but um, so well, he's the CEO of of one of the big uh, uh, okay big pharma. Okay, there we go. So you got there the pharmaceutical go. companies wanting the the opium, uh, you know. So you kind of see where that that went on um, the military industrial complex. You know, obviously uh, every single bullet, bomb, uh, plane. Anything that happens, they, they they make profit off of every time that that anything, you know, any bullet is shot, bomb goes off. Um, you know, the peak oil, obviously we know George Bush family, they go in hand in hand with the oil. So um, so the between the uh, you know, the biggest political donors and lobbyists are the oil companies, pharmaceutical companies, cell phone carriers, and the military industrial complex. So we kind of see uh how interesting it gets, you know, when you when you do follow the money. That's barely touching the surface of uh I don't want to get too crazy into it, you know, but that's barely scratching the surface of what, what was going on. And then also the two point three trillion dollars is another thing that that disappeared, you know. And um that war, you know, you see a lot of military members that that came back and once they found out what they're really fighting for, um I've oh, seen them throw their, their patches on the floor, stomp on it. And uh, just to let everybody know that um, 
just about every single war that we've been into has been from a false flag, you know, from Vietnam on, you know, um, Vietnam, obviously we had the, uh, um, it was the uh, man. I'm, it's I'm I'm losing my uh, train of thought on the the Vietnam one. Uh, oh, it was the Gulf, Gulf of Tonkin. Of Tonkin. Sorry, the Gulf of Tonkin. We had Vietnam, and then George Bush when he went into war, there was actually a, a Kuwaiti. Uh, I think it was a Kuwaiti do- ambassador's daughter that was that went on TV and said, "Hey, they're taking the babies. They're throwing up. The soldiers are coming and grabbing the babies, put them one on the floor." The Americans are like, "We need to get these guys." They also talked about all these. Uh, military vehicles pulling up to uh to the to, to kuwait they showed some some satellite photos and i guess those were not even real so they just wanted to try to get america okay with us going in and fighting for kuwait and you know false flags are happening at every time we're going into war right so same thing with 9-11 you know if you guys if, just look into it you know you guys have to look into this don't just you know believe the mainstream media and this is very very important today because military members have died for this Tons of people have died for this, you know, so it's 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 vastly important. Some people tell me, dude, it's 9-11. It was a long time ago, but it set up the Patriot Act. It set up everything we went through just in 2019. Basically, what they did is they just took they they, they took they take out our Bill of Rights, our constitutional rights uh, whenever emergencies happen. So that's that's what we're seeing, you know, and they're signing over our, our rights whenever, the you know, there's these big uh, things happen. You know, I don't want to say because we're on YouTube, but you can see that they set up the chessboards with 9-11. The, the New World Order set up the chessboard and they're ready to play after that. And everything kind of went into motion. And we saw that the birth pains got a lot stronger from 2019 on, you know. Yep, they, sh- they did. And um, we have, uh, yeah, in, 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 in the last two years, uh, it's getting even worse. And so uh, for those of your, your listeners and viewers who want to see the parallels, the striking between 9-11 and COVID, uh, we, we've been doing a, a, a presentations on that. But I'll give you just a couple of them. There's a climate of fear that's set up uh, in, in each case. Terrorists, you know, in your own neighborhood, perhaps even. Uh, and 9-11 with <laughs> where, you know, the elusive, powerful enemy there also uh, that you can't quite get a grip on. You know, a virus is so small, it could be hiding on the ATM machine and uh, it could kill you. You could kill your grandma because you could become a super spreader asymptomatically uh, and <sighs> things like this. Uh and, and of course, all to an end of the big solution, uh, which is which is the jab, which is extremely dangerous. Um, and so we won't go into detail about that. Uh, but uh, I do uh, in, in my other presentations and I encourage everybody <laughs> to take a look there. Yeah. With that, I've, I've got to run gentlemen. It's, it's been awesome. Thank oh, you for the opportunity. I appreciate you coming on. Seriously. I really do. Um, yeah. I thank you so much. We'll, we'll try to have you on again. Um, uh, before, is there any last words you want to say for the audience before you take off that, that, that can help people Yeah, do them? something. Yeah. You yeah. got it. You guys got to do something with this information, yeah. at least share it. I mean, yeah. here's a link with all the evidence on it, Richard Gage, dot org, and, and all you have to do is share that with every architect and engineer that, you know, uh, every, your, your elected representatives, your friends, colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really important that the American people 
they have the right to know that we've been lied to. If you withhold this from your family, from your friends, then you're responsible for that uh, lack of transmission that could impact their life indelibly. Awesome. Well, um, at some point, if you could get, uh, you know, whatever guests you do have on, if you want to do some type of round table with us sometime with, uh, sure. you know, with yourself and a few others, um, I'll try to find some uh, subject matter experts as well. And, and I'll invite you back on and maybe we'll have a round table where you guys can all, uh, you know, get into some real, you know, the nitty gritty, but we always ended in prayer um, whenever we do any podcast. So, so let's go ahead and end this in prayer. So father God, in the name of Jesus, we appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you for giving us this clear connection. Thank you for introducing us to Richard and Gail, two wonderful, beautiful souls. Uh, they're trying to spread the truth. I just want to say, Lord, can you please just bless their marriage? Uh, keep them safe. They are, they are literally unleashing information about all the evil, you know, in Ephesians, you say to expose the evil. Um, we know that uh, in First Timothy six ten, Lord, you say, "For the love of money is the root of all evil," which will uh, some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. Lord, also you say you cannot serve two masters in Matthew for uh, either hate the one or love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God or mammon, Lord. And that is like the, the spirit of money, Lord. And all these people that were involved in this, all this evil, I just want to ask you, you just put a legion of angels uh, surrounding uh, Richard and his wife, uh, and also anybody that's involved in the, you know, exposing these, these, uh, these deceptions, Lord. All they're trying to do is just expose Satan for what he is and everybody that's involved. So, I just ask that you please protect them on their journey. Um, help uh, his 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 you know his new endeavor. Uh, I know that he was standing for the truth when when um, when he got um, let go from from the place that he founded. So Lord, you know that you just propel him on all these podcasts. I see that he's jumping on all these big podcasts. We need him to be propelled, Lord, to uh, to be able to expose the, the, these enemies of ours. So Father God, thank you so much. We appreciate everything you do for us. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Richard, thank you. And Gail, if you're there, thank you so much. <laughs> and um, like I said, we like to sometimes, uh, Richard, we like to have roundtables with like two or three different guests. And if you have some subject matter experts, if you could shoot me some names and maybe we can get you guys together to, to, to try to break this down even more and further. Let's do it, Josh. Thank you. God bless you. And thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for listening, guys. Please subscribe, hit the bell, and also go to uh, richardgage911.org and check out all his information. He's got an amazing podcast. Uh, he's been on several different podcasts. And it's right there. Please check him out. Also, um, you have a YouTube page as well. Can you guys please subscribe to that? And um, and also comment, hit the like button so that you can get and, and hit the bell. So that way you get, you get alerted every time that uh, his videos come up and also hit the bell for ours. Okay, thank you guys. God bless you. We love you and thank you for listening.